I'm Michael, for those who don't know me. My wife Gillian's not here this weekend, so anything could happen and possibly will. So I haven't got my usual filter with me who would normally say, no, Michael, you're digging yourself a hole. Stop now. So, <laughs> so but yeah, you can, I'm sure you can. She'll probably watch online and say, why did you say that? So um, great to be with you. For those online, Tuakau, Papakura, other parts of the nation, other nations of the world, um, lovely to be with you. We're going to talk this morning about the role of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's not in my notes, but I think one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to give us a bigger picture of who Jesus is, so that in the midst of the circumstances we're facing, we'll have a sense of God's peace and God's presence. It's been a crazy week, eh? Yeah. Some would say, you know, this is, I mean, it is, this is the, um, I was going to use that UN word that we're not allowed to use, you know, the unprecedented one, but I won't use that, you know. I mean, Europe has never been a more turmoil, has it, in my lifetime than it is right now. Uh, many of you will know people who are isolating, perhaps, with COVID, um, who perhaps were here last week, but they're not here this week. And who knows who will be here next week. But in the midst of that, God is building his church and causing us to be a people who will arise, have a, God, a sense of God's peace and God's presence in, in the midst of it. We'll be able to trust God. We're supposed to be the salt, you know, that brings out the flavor and the light that shines in the midst of these uncertain times. And we're going to be talking about that. And um, that's the role of the Holy Spirit to do that in and through our lives. Well, I better keep track of the time because Gillian's not here to keep me, so that's cool. So we'll skip right through the um, introduction and we'll start in at John chapter 14. How does that sound? So in John chapter 14, we have this passage of Scripture where Jesus is promising that after he... Um, is crucified, he's resurrected again, he ascends to the right hand of the Father, that he will send another advocate. So Jesus is an advocate for us, right? The Bible says, you know, that Jesus is at the right hand of God. And, um, you know, when, when things aren't going well for me, he's having a word with the Father. Oh, you know, you, your servant Michael, he's not doing so well this morning, so you're going to have to help him. You know, send an angel or something. His wife's away this weekend. He needs a bit of encouragement. Help him along, will you? So, um, I don't know, the Father sends me a guardian angel, whatever, to watch over me. Probably two, probably one wouldn't be enough. So, um, but Jesus said when he's no longer physically present, he would send another advocate. The word in the Greek is paraclete, and it means one who comes alongside. Um, I don't know whether you've had a friend who's kind of come alongside you, had a picture on my mind, and I, I'm not sure it's a real picture or it's just an illustration, but imagine you're at school and uh, you're being bullied, and you're worried that someone's going to, to do something to you, either verbally or physically. And um, imagine Lance here, and he's only 15 now, a younger version of himself. He was sweet in those days. I'm not saying he's not sweet now. So he comes along and says, don't you mess with my mate. If you mess with my mate, you mess with me. Okay, that's someone who comes alongside. Wouldn't you feel better having Lance, a 15-year-old version of Lance, um, coming along? He's got his Roman sandals on. He's got his shorts Oh, I can just picture it. I need healing of the memories. And he's coming along and he's saying, don't you mess with my, with my friend or you mess with me. There's a sense of that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, Jesus is not physically present with us, but he sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us. That's why you never need to be worried or afraid. I was trying to think when Pastor Jan was talking, I was just having a little bit of a daydream and thinking, what's the scariest moment in my life that I can think of? 
And I think one of the scariest moments was when I was 14 or 15, and my dad had, I don't know, there was a second or third heart attack. I remember seeing my dad crawl from the lounge to the bedroom and get up on the bed. We called the ambulance. And I remember the ambulance uh, men and women came, and I remember helping them. I not know how much help I was. Um, the stretcher and taking dad and putting him into the, into the ambulance and just wondering, I wonder if we'll see dad again. And in that moment, I just felt the Holy Spirit within me, adult version of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit work within me and just a real sense of God's peace and God's presence. In that moment, Jesus was big enough to overcome the uncertainty that I felt. And life has times like that. Life can be difficult. Life has times of uncertainty. But the Holy Spirit brings us that confidence and boldness. So I'll leave you to read that um, scripture um, on the board. And Jesus promises um, on the screen, it's not a board, is it? We don't have boards anymore, we have screens. Um, Acts chapter 1 shows you how old I am. I even remember flannel graphs. Anyone remember flannel graphs? They're going to make a comeback one of these days, I promise you. Yeah, so hold on to them, they'll be worth money one of these days. Yeah, okay, maybe we'll get it out another time. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says the Holy Spirit, he would send the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost. Some people call this the birthday of the church. The Holy Spirit would come and would empower believers. They were gathered together in Jerusalem for the Passover. And the Holy Spirit came like tongues of fire and filled them with, with his presence. And as a result of that, I don't know if you remember Peter. Does anyone remember Peter? And, and he was by the fire and um, someone came up to him and said, Are you a follower of Jesus? And Peter said, No, no, that wasn't me. And then who remembers what happened? There was a cock or something like that. I don't know how roosters or crows or um, chickens crow in the middle of east but something like that will do and Peter denied Jesus three times and then as a result of being filled with the spirit we see this amazing scripture where we see Peter standing up and preaching to a multitude and seeing over 3,000 people come to Christ friends that's the difference of the role of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life to give us boldness to give us courage to give us a bigger picture of Jesus so that in situations that are uncertain or difficult, we can make a stand. And I'm going to share some of those um, stories with you um, as we go through today. So the role of the Holy Spirit, here's a quote from um, Paul Little. He wasn't a little man, he just had a surname by the name of Little. But he did write a little book, strangely enough, and it's called Know What You Believe. It's a great little book, encourage you to get hold of it. And he said this about the Holy Spirit. He is the most vitally and intimately involved in our initial conversion and birth into the family of God, as well as the ongoing development of our Christian lives. Knowledge of and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit brings us power, joy, and hope. If you forgot all the rest, just focus on that. The Holy Spirit brings us power, joy, and hope. When we neglect him through ignorance or indifference, we endure spiritual poverty. Friends, if the Holy Spirit's not working in my life or your life, we are living a lesser life than what God intended. You know, can you imagine having a car and never putting petrol in it? You just sort of sat in the garage and you turned on the ignition. Maybe it turned over and maybe it didn't. And you went, brum, 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 brum. A bit like Jay does that with his car at the moment. He said, I don't even think it's got an engine at the moment, has it, Jay? <laughs> so he just sits there and just thinks of the day, you know, when he's going to be able to put petrol. Oh, probably I don't even know if it's got a petrol tank. Um, puts petrol in it in a way that it'll go. Sometimes we can live our Christian lives like that without allowing God to fill us with his spirit, that we might have the power to do what God's called us to do. And so um, Paul Little is, is pointing towards that. 
You know, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not in it. He's not a Star Wars type force. And there are lots of scriptures in the Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit being a person. I'm not going to go through all the references, but you can test the Holy Spirit, just like you can test one of your friends. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. You can speak against the Holy Spirit. You can resist him, insult him, and you can be forbidden to do something by him. I just want to talk about one scripture in Acts 16, verses 6 and 7. And uh, in that passage of scripture, Paul and his companions, they're wanting to go into Bithynia, which is somewhere, I think, sort of around the, the Middle East sort of area, around Turkey. And the Holy Spirit gives them a real check. No, you're not to do that. And as a result of that, they're called to go into Macedonia. And as I was preparing this message, I just felt for someone in this room, for someone online in Tuakau or Papakura or somewhere in the, in the nation or nations of the world, you know, you're feeling a check not to do something at the moment and it's frustrating you. But understand when that happens, sometimes it's because Holy Spirit is actually wanting us to go into something else, which his plans and purposes are far greater. So I encourage you, if you're in that situation, to really push in to what the Holy Spirit's wanting you to do in that situation. Don't settle for what's immediate and miss out on something that's best. I want to encourage you with that. So in John chapter 16 and um, verse 13, Jesus tells them that they will receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead them into all truth. And he says that the Holy Spirit will be a witness to who Jesus is and the truth um, that Jesus has will be imparted to us through the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk in the time that remains this morning about how the role of the Holy Spirit in three areas of our lives. The role of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit. Hey, that increased the number, didn't it? That was fun. I wonder if I go Holy Spirit squared. Does that mean it's two times? Just messing with you, because I can. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit in three areas of our lives. Um, I want to talk this morning about conviction, conversion, and commission. The first thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do is to lead us and guide us. Hey, if you're under 15 in the room, do you know what a map is? Who's heard of a map if you're under 15? You have. Can someone explain to me what it is? What's a map? It's so it leads you somewhere. That's awesome. Is it... Uh, cool. I'm really impressed that you even know what a map is. Is it an electronic or a paper map? It can be both. Oh, that deserves a clap. That was a very good answer. Well done. Awesome. Hey, online, I wonder if you know what a map is. You just, you heard the answer, so you're cheating. So I have to ask you another question later on. So stay sharp if you're online. Don't nod off. Pam's keeping an eye on you. She's right behind you. So a map, you know, a map can give directions. And, but if you've got a, a, like a paper map, the only way it can work is if you actually find where true north is. And so you need a compass. And the Holy Spirit is like that. You know, there are lots of options in life, but the Holy Spirit helps point us in the right direction. I remember when we first got our first GPS unit. Man, we thought we were so cool. I had a, um, an HP iPack. I don't know if you remember what those were. They're like a little tablet. And it was, I had it um, synced to a Bluetooth GPS. And I used to have it on the dashboard of the, of the car. The only problem was that it used to kind of, you turn the corner to the left, it would fly across the dashboard to the left. And you turn to the right, it would fly across the other way. But, you know, a GPS will only work if it can pick up three or more satellites. 
And it's a little bit like that with the, how the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Conviction is multifaceted. And so maybe someone might have a prophetic word for you. Who can I pick on this time? Nairi. I can pick on Nairi because she's such a lovely person. So Nairi has a prophetic word for you. If you don't know Nairi and you're online, you're missing a treat. You need to come, be on campus when Nairi is making her scones with lemonade and cream in them. It's a wonderful thing. And we'll say grace and there'll be no calories. So imagine Nairi has a prophetic word for you. And, um, and that's a good prophetic word, but you're not sure. But then you open up the Bible, and it really witnesses to the reality of what Nari's saying. And then you share that word with a trusted friend that you've allowed to speak into your life, and they say, look, yes, I really believe this is a word from God. Can you see just a prophetic word on its own? Mm, it may be God, it may not be God, lined up with Scripture, and then shared with a trusted friend who prays with you and says, yeah, look, I think this could be God. Can you see when it lines up that you have an idea of how to go with that prophetic word? And God's leading and guiding for our lives is like that. Conviction is primarily about the Holy Spirit telling us about what is right and what is wrong. And you know, sometimes, I don't know, if if you're under 15, do you have trouble telling what's right and what's wrong? Or do you just have trouble doing what's right and what's wrong? You know, it's a bit like your parents, you know, you know that they want you to do this, but not do this. You might have trouble, you might not have any trouble hearing them about what they say, but doing it, oh my goodness, is that a whole different story? Is that true? You don't need to nod your head or anything because anything could be used in evidence and used against you later, especially if your parents are in the room, so your secret's safe with us. But you know, conviction can be like that. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us um, to give us direction. I remember when I was an orchardist, um, I used to get up, you know, be at work by six in the morning. It would be after six at night um, before I got home. And sometimes my wife, Jillian, and I would be praying in bed. Um, and my prayers would get slower and slower and slower. And Jillian would elbow me in the ribs and say, are you going to sleep? And I'd say, no, 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 just thinking. I'm still praying. I was just so tired. And I remember that period of my life that I just used to zone out in front of the TV And I actually would think I I was like addicted to television. And the Holy Spirit challenged me and said, Michael, for every hour of television, I want you to spend an hour with me. Now, did that mean that everyone in the whole wide world had to spend an hour with the Holy Spirit for every hour of television? Who would say that's true? You like television, don't you? I I could have used video games or something else, couldn't I? Absolutely correct. It didn't apply to anyone else. It was just for Michael in that season of my life. And as I responded and said yes to the Holy Spirit in that area, it was life-giving for me. And conviction will be like that in in your life sometimes as well. You know, why is this not right for me to do in this season? Because God wants to bring you into a greater freedom and truth and liberty in your Christian life. So conviction is like that. It's about knowing what's right and what's wrong. And that's how the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. The thought that I had this morning, and it was a prophetic thought for someone, is that God loves us too much to leave us as he found us. You know, God loved me too much to leave me zoning out in front of the TV. And in those days, TV would actually switch off. I don't know what time it switched off, about 10.30 at night, I know it was really late. And the little Kiwi would come and climb into the satellite dish. I'm sure that'll be on YouTube somewhere if you don't understand that. Your parents or someone else can show it to you. The second area is conversion. It's the Holy Spirit who brings people to um, salvation. 
you want me to share, share with you about one of my most embarrassing moments? Yes? That's not very Christian. Those of you online, I'm sure you were saying no because you're much more Christian than those people in the room. I remember once we had a, a chimney sweep come to our place. Who knows who a chimney sweep is? Do we still have those? In the days before heat pumps, you know, when you light a fire and the smoke goes up the chimney. And uh, I really felt I needed to share the gospel with someone every day. And so I remember manipulating the conversation with this chimney sweep to tell them that the sin in their lives was like the color of black soot and that Jesus has died to take that away. You know, I don't think that chimney sweep took a step towards Jesus that day. In fact, I just trust that the Holy Spirit raised up someone to undo <laughs> the bad things that I had done. Heart was in the right place, but method was wrong. And what I learned is it's the Holy Spirit who brings conviction. And I'm just to share something of my story. I shared at the 9 a.m. that um, one of the, the times Jillian and I really saw that in our lives was when our grandson, Damien, died at 18 months old. It was a, a dark time in our lives. It was confusing. But in the midst of all of that, there was the peace of God. A strange thing, eh, that the peace of God, the Holy Spirit elevating Jesus to say, hey, Jillian and Michael, I'm big enough for this situation that makes no sense. And... Uh, we were living in Christchurch at the time. Our, our daughter and our grandson lived in Wellington. We came to Wellington maybe four times a year. We just happened to be staying with him that weekend. We were chasing little Damien, you might have heard this story before, around the house. He had his green diner suit, suit on. He was poking his fingers in the dog's ear and putting his hand down the dog's throat. And uh, we went off. We were speaking in a church in Waikanae. We were heading back to the airport to go back to Christchurch. And got a phone to say, come to the emergency department, your grandson has died. Our world just fell apart. How does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. But in the midst of that, there was peace. There was peace because the Holy Spirit was at work within us. And Jesus was lifted up in our midst. And so now what I do is, I don't talk about soot being the color of sin in people's lives. I share something about my story about how when life doesn't make sense, God is in the midst of that and gives you peace and a way forward in the midst of what you're going through. And friends, we're all called to do that. That's true for all of us. And that's something of what it means to allow the Holy Spirit to continue that work of conversion in our lives. Because we're saved, but we are being saved. The theological term is regeneration. We're being made to more alive in Christ. Time's running past me this morning because Gillian's not here to keep me on track, and you guys are just not helping me at all. But in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, I won't read it for the sake of time from the Message Bible, it talks about we're here to bring out God's color in the world. I love that. You know, you're a light that's placed on a hilltop. You're here to bring out God's color. In the midst of uncertain times, we're here to bring God's peace. If you're under 15 and you're at school and people's lives are in a turmoil, you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You're not saved from the storm. You're still in the storm. But you can have peace because the Holy Spirit's in you and lifting Jesus up so you can trust in the midst of what's going on. And that's powerful. People see that and people take notice of that. There's another scripture here in Galatians chapter 5. Probably not going to be able to read all of this, but from the Message Bible, and it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, that's the fruit that comes in our lives, that people can see something of Jesus at work within us, 
because they see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I just love the way in which it expresses it here. It talks about we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct energies wisely. I love this middle phrase. I think of Pastor Sheridan when I think of this. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Amongst those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone calls necessities will be killed off for good, crucified. Sounds like the gospel, doesn't it? And then the last passage, I love it um, towards the end. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one were better or worse. We have more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. Look to the person to your left and to your right and tell them you're an original. As best you can with a mask on. They'll, they'll be able to read your eyes because that's all you can read, isn't it? With a mask on. Read that passage, passage sometimes in the message. When I, when I read it, I thought, Michael, if you could just do this, you know, it would change your life and it would change the world as we take on what it means to be the fruit of the Spirit. And lastly, we're commissioned. God fills us with his spirit. There was a prophetic word during our gathering this morning, and it was just an encouragement to allow ourselves to be filled with the spirit. I like what John says in John 14, that the Holy Spirit is with you, and then he talks about the Holy Spirit being in you. When you become a Christian, you get all of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not like you're a um, Jay's car, it's got a fuel tank now, still no motor, and um, you know that when the car gets filled with petrol, if the tank's full, the tank's full. So when you became a Christian, when you asked Jesus leadership and forgiveness for your sin, you get all of the Holy Spirit. But there are different dimensions of the Holy Spirit being at work in our lives. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I want to create an opportunity at the end of our gathering, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray for you. This is what happened to Peter. Peter, who was too scared to acknowledge that Jesus was his Lord and Savior, now preaches to the multitude and 3,000 people come to Christ. That's a different Peter, isn't it? And that's what happens to you and I, to have just boldness to be able to witness. But also, God wants to give us spiritual gifts, and we're going to talk about these in the coming weeks. Words of wisdom and words of knowledge, gifts of healing, prophetic words. By the way, anyone under 15 who's got a prophetic word for me yet this morning? Just putting you on notice that there's no junior Holy Spirit. So if you do, have a chat to Jay, and we'd love to hear about it after the gathering. It doesn't have to be during the gathering. Online, if you're under 15, got a word for us, we'd love to hear that. And so we see God at work in our lives. Just skip to the end of these passages of Scripture, and here in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 7 to 11, it talks about the different spiritual gifts that God gives us. I I think about them as being tools in the toolbox. The, The interns say that's one of my favorite phrases. Michael's always talking about tools in the toolbox. You know, God wants to give you the right tool for the right occasion. You need wisdom? Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. If you're under 15, though, I sometimes find people under 15 and they say, Michael, could you pray that I'll pass my exams? I say, I'd be happy to pray for that, but I'll pray this prayer. Lord, help them to remember what they've learned. Because sometimes they want me to pray, Lord, help me to pass this test without doing any study. And I don't think it works like that. As we come to an end this morning, if we can have the the music team back. I see him in the red. So, Jilly, I'm in the red. 
This morning, three things I want to leave you with. The Holy Spirit wants to bring conviction into our lives. You know, what's right and what's wrong? It's about saying yes to Jesus. In the season of life you're in, where is it that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to take a step? And if you can take that step, it will give you a bigger picture of who Jesus is. It will bring calmness into the midst of your situation. And I encourage you this morning, what does that look like for you? If you ask the Holy Spirit, what's one area where I'm to say yes to Jesus? I believe in the coming week the Holy Spirit will give you some understanding and revelation about that. Conversion. It's not as though you're becoming a Christian all over again, but there's a process of regeneration. We've been saved, but we're being saved. So that just means I'm not perfect yet. If my wife Gillian was here, she would tell you. But she's not here, so that's a good thing, isn't it? (laughs) You'll have to take my word for it. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Man, that should have wrapped it up a bit, isn't it? Hope you're counting. Holy Spirit squared. Holy Spirit brings conviction. Holy Spirit brings conversion, that regenerating work. What does it look like for me to have more of the fruit of the Spirit? I don't think I've got the fruit of the Spirit of not teasing people yet, so maybe that's an ongoing work that needs to be done within me. But what does that look like? When people see me, do they see less of Michael and they see more of Jesus? What does that look like? You know, the world in which we live desperately needs to see the love of God through your life and mine. And lastly, that area of commissioning. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not as though you haven't got all of the Holy Spirit when you became a Christian, but you need to open yourself up to a different dimension of the Holy Spirit working through you. Boldness, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, praying for the sick, discerning of spirits. We're going to be talking about these in the week ahead. There is no junior Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait till you're over 15 to get the real deal. The real deal is there for you now. That's why I'm encouraging you if you're under 15. Prophetic word. Jay would love to hear it. I hope that's been helpful online. I hope it's been helpful in the room this morning, the role of the Holy Spirit within us to bring conviction, conversion, and commission.